Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. This is Danny. Join me as we go deep into God's Word, as we discover the hidden gems and hidden treasures that God has made available to us all if we would have but ears to hear and eyes to see. As you come with me on this journey, let's explore God's Word and see what He desires to show and tell us in our day. This may be your first time or the next time, but I welcome you here. Let's dig in and see what the Lord has for us today. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. This is episode number 14. And I just want to first thank you for following what we've been putting out there thus far. Uh, maybe those who are tuning in for the first time. I appreciate you uh, stopping by, and I hope the Lord speaks something special to you. I know He has uh, shown me something pretty fantastic, and I want to share it with you. Today, um, I call this uh, the Jonah parallel, and it's it's actually pretty interesting. Um, today in church, one of the pastors shared a message um, regarding Jonah, and many of us are familiar with it. Uh, and if you're not, I encourage you to take the time to read it. It's a, a fairly short book of the Bible, uh, four four chapters. Um, it's a very fascinating story. Um, of course, not just a story, but actual events, uh, both miraculous in nature, also very um, revealing of the nature, the humanity of of our nature. And so it's a deeply profound um, reality that God shows us in the story of Jonah. But as I was listening to the to the message today, um, I I found myself discovering, stumbling upon, really this parallel, and um, and I'll just jump straight into it. So we'll read a few we'll read a few sections of scripture um, back and forth. We'll jump, but we'll start um, in Jonah. We'll land in Matthew, and then we'll transition into the book of John. So um, we'll start. It's Jonah chapter 1, verse 17. Um, so here we find um, Jonah, um, and uh, it says in verse 17, And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Chapter 2, we, we see where Jonah goes through this prayer. Um, and uh, it's really in when he finds himself in this deepest, darkest place. Um, and his, his hope is in the Lord, salvation belonging to the Lord. And how he greatly intervened in Jonah's situation. But um, verse 17, though, in chapter 1, and it said, And the Lord appointed or spoke to um, the great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now, we're going to transition into... Matthew, the book of Matthew, chapter 12, verse uh, verses 38 through 40. And we find here 
there's some scribes and Pharisees that answered Jesus, saying, Teacher, we wish to see a sign from you. But Jesus answered them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Now, sometimes this, this portion is is taken and and used as uh, kindling firewood for the argument against um, desiring or seeking the miraculous. But really, that's it's it's out of um, it's out of context for what. Jesus is explaining to them because they are pursuing Jesus to see when they when they are asking for a sign from him they're they are saying uh, prove to us you are who you say you are so they want they want him Jesus to prove to them of who he is of who his of his identity and he tells them an evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign. But no sign will be given to it except for the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So that's what I want to... That, that was the thing that um, pinged my spirit today as I was listening to this message. But Jesus, words from himself, he says, just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Jesus parallels the belly of a fish with being in the heart of the earth. The next thing, once I saw that comparative parallel, belly of the fish equivalent to, paralleled to the heart of the earth, I was then taken in my mind, in my spirit, to, I didn't realize the verse, but I knew of what it said, and it is John seven thirty seven through thirty nine. So we'll read this briefly. John seven thirty seven through thirty nine. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now, this is the English standard version that I'm reading out of here. Um, you'll also find, as you explore other versions, they will use different words, and then it will say, out of his belly. I think... Um, I don't know if the King James or New King James, um, but different translations will render that word 
in different ways, or it may say also out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Now, I believe it is significant. Jesus is tying, ask the Holy Spirit to help me with this. Jesus is tying the encounter that Jonah has in the belly of a fish. We call it a well, but it is a great fish. We don't really know. Jonah's experience in the belly, he, Jesus says, just as Jonah was in the belly, I will be in the earth, the heart of the earth. He ties this Old Testament reality with, with a New Testament revelation. And he parallels them with two words that I believe to be very profound. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is, is attempting to draw light to this particular, very particular word usage in, in, a, in an attempt to perhaps highlight an act of his. In the belly, in the, in the center, in the centermost being. Now, if you look at the original words in the Greek, and we're talking here in the New Testament, uh, you can, we can find quite an interesting, and I, and I looked up in, in the Jonah 117, the Hebrew word for belly. Um, I don't have those notes here in front of me, but um, it, is, it is a very uh, profound, expansive word that means more than literally the stomach. It actually also takes on that word, um, takes on the mul multiple characteristics of not just the GI or the stomach itself. It actually also can, be, that word can also mean the, um, it can have a, a, a womb-like quality to it or the, the, um, kind of the, the innermost, the a generational seeding of man. Um, so it's a, it's a very profound word. I encourage you to, to look into it yourself. I wish I had written what I had uh, looked at, but I don't have it here in front of me. But the Hebrew word there for belly in Jonah, uh, look into that. And uh, however, I do have a few notes here on this, this New Testament aspect of the word um, belly and heart. So in Matthew, uh, the twelve thirty-eight through 40, when Jesus says the belly of the fish, also the son of man in the heart of the earth, the word belly there um, is uh, koilia, K-O-I-L-I-A. Um, it means abdomen, um, any organ, 
inside of the abdomen, stomach. It can also mean womb. And the word heart there is the word cardia. We see cardiology, um, and it means the heart. Uh, it can mean the mind, the will, the emotional state. It can mean the inner, um, the center and seat of the spiritual life. Also, it means the inner man. And we actually, that, that's, a, that's a very important phrase, the inner man, because we see that um, revealed through the writings of, of Paul and also Peter. Um, it, it uses those, that phrasing, the inner man. And so, we again, we see in John 7, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his heart, out of his inner man, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Now, you, you may have identified that so much of what happens in the Old Testament is a shadow, a picture of the reality of Jesus, the reality of what he would do. And in the New Testament is, is prophecy fulfilled. It's the, the inact, the, not inaction like inactivity, but the, the action in the act of that prophetic word that was, that was proclaimed in the Old Testament. But it's always pointing to, it points to Jesus. It points to the, the intention of the Father through the Son by way of the Holy Spirit. And, and so this parallel that Jesus gives us in Matthew 12 of the belly of the fish and he as the sacrificed lamb of God would spend that same time in the heart of the earth. Now, then John reveals to us the words of Christ as he says, out of, out of the one who is thirsty will drink of God. He will drink of the Spirit of God. So his thirst leads him to drink. We're talking, this is, these are spiritual realities. They're physical, they're physical words that, that express a spiritual reality, a spiritual truth. And so oftentimes if, if we're just reading to read, we'll miss that, you know, there's something weighty here. There's a, there's a significance to discover. And so to, to one who is just reading, you would see this. Those who are thirsty, you know, it was like the Samaritan woman who would say, who said to Jesus, well, where is this water? So I don't have to come here and, and pull water from this, from this deep well. So I'll never thirst again. He's offering her a spiritual reality expressed in a physical nature, in a physical sense, in ways that we can tangibly look and, and 
and touch and understand these these physical realities. It's, it's as though when Jesus was telling Nicodemus, you know, if you can't understand these physical things that you can see, how can you even imagine heavenly things, things that you don't have a paradigm for, things that you don't have a framework to to process. If you can't understand the things that you can touch and see and taste and feel, how can you connect the dots to things that are too grand for your mind to comprehend? So that is why he feeds us with these these physical these physical realities to bring us to 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 usher us into the, the spiritual context that he wants to unwrap to us if if we could just if we could just hang on to it grasp it and then hold on to it until we till we can digest what it's saying um, is you know it's it, it's not easy and it takes very, uh, a, a great intentionality to really cling to these things that maybe make no sense to us on the surface and and then one day it's like a light goes off and so Whoever believes in the scripture, in he says, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart, out of his innermost being, out of his belly, will flow rivers of living water. Jesus parallels the belly and the heart, and he does it in a way that connects the Old Testament, um, the Old Testament prophetic nature, and he ties it to the New Testament reality. I believe this is significant. This is, I made a I made a few list uh, you know lists of of why this is significant and and there's there's more to be there's more to be discovered on the significance of this and and I and I'm nowhere near unpacking I I feel as though the weight of this connection is too great for uh for what I'm what I have to share it's I, I'm brushing the surface at best, but it is significant, and I hope that um, it might stimulate someone to go on a journey uh, with the Lord to discover what more lies beyond what just I scatter out there. But from the place of the heart, we experience salvation it's not salvation is is not something that we can lay hold of by way of our flesh in reality our our flesh opposes everything that that the Spirit of God would want to reveal to us. Our, our old man, or if you do not know Christ as your, as your Savior, as your Lord, then I would say your current person does everything that it can to oppose the the reality of the spirit of god of the of the spiritual it's it's from the place of the heart from the place of our innermost being that we experience salvation 
And we see out of, out of John, it says out of, the, out of that heart, out of that innermost being, rivers shall flow. So follow that progression. Any, who's, any who are thirsty, come and drink of him. So thirst leads to the action of drinking, of partaking of the Spirit of God. And when you do that, rivers, plural, rivers, flow out from your innermost being. You become a source of rivers when you partake of the Spirit of God. That is very important to remember. We take in to become an outflow. One of the things that I thought was... um, was very, very nicely put and, and rightly said today is our experience with God, our experience in coming under the leadership of Jesus, our experiencing his presence. This is all not for just us to hoard to ourselves. This is something that is supposed to be, there's supposed to be an outlet to the world around us. The Dead Sea is, is so toxic because there's only an inlet. There's no outlet. And so the, the salinity, the, the levels of, of salt are in the Dead Sea, hence the name Dead Sea, it's too salty. You know, Hardly anything can survive in that kind of environment. But that's because it just takes in. There's no outlet. We have to be a people of God who both take in of him and we also release out of him. We have to be very careful to be sure that our source is, is, is correct. We are sourcing from him. You know, a lot of times people, especially in ministry, can it's very easy to get burned out and it's like you you know you get filled up and then you pour yourself out and then you feel you get filled up and you pour yourself out and this becomes this vicious cycle and and i really believe that's not the heart of god i believe that as we drink of him rivers flow there should be this constant state of i'm connected to the father and i become a source I take of him and out from my innermost being, out from my connections with with relationships to, to people I know, those I don't know, those that I come in contact with on a daily basis or on the occasion, the one happenstance that I'm out getting gas somewhere or going to the grocery store and I feel the Spirit of God speak to me and say, I want you to tell this person this thing. Those split moments where we have an opportunity to to represent the kingdom of God, not not in a way that that pushes people away in this weird, awkward, metaphysical, you know, thing, but it's something as simple as, you know, I I believe the Lord is telling you that God is saying that He loves you. 
and that he's seeking you and that he wants to know you. A lot of times that we get so consumed with, is this God or is this me or, or is the, you know, is, is the devil trying to get me to do something? Well, rest assured, I can just go ahead and tell you if it, if it is, if it has to do with doing something for God, for speaking something into a person's life that um, is, is an encouragement or if it makes your, your skin like cringe, um, it's very much um, not likely to be the devil. It, any work that brings glory to God is actually going to cause our flesh to oppose it. Our flesh wants to oppose the work of the kingdom, of the, of the glory of God. God speaks to us individually, and it sounds so much like ourselves. You have a thought that just pops into your head. Um, you know, you think about somebody, hey, I haven't heard from them in a while. I hope they're doing okay. Let me, maybe I'll send them a message or text them or call them or, you know, we get these thoughts that kind of just pop into my, our, into our minds. And, and we, so often we just cast those aside because we think, oh, you know, that's not something the Lord's getting me to do. I just thought of it. Well, you know, I just, I didn't even plan to go here in this, but I am here. So I, I believe it's the Lord. It, if something like that, I would encourage you, when those thoughts come into your mind, can you think of anything in, the, in Scripture that would tell you that you should not do that? And if you can't, if you, if nothing comes to mind, if you can't have an example of that, oh, well, this would actually be, this is anti-biblical, um, then I just say do it. Don't, don't sit and sweat over whether or not that this is, you know, Lord, are you sure this is you or am I, am I just acting in my own, um, your flesh and your own desire is not going to want to do anything that, that brings glory to God or 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 considers others over yourself. Um, so I just encourage you, just step out. And, and something that, that I used to actually struggle with um, from, well, quite frequently, really, is what if it's not right? What if, um, what if I, if I take a step and I make, well, myself look foolish, but even worse, what if I, what if I made God look bad, you know? Um, and I just found myself worried about this time and time again, and I just didn't want it to go poorly. And I found God telling me time and time again, you don't worry about if you make me look bad, I can, I can take care of my own name. And 
And I believe that even if you, I mean, I can't count the times where I have, you know, missed it and, or, or misunderstood or misheard happens many times, but, but I believe that when God sees us taking a step of faith out of a heart of purity to want to obey him in those moments, I don't think there's anything that pleases him more than when we say yes to being obedient to him, even if we're wrong. There, there is, Jesus gave an illustration, um, he, as I just feel like he's pointed out. Jesus gave an illustration, and he said there's, there's two sons, and one of them, the father said to one of them, you know, go and work in my field, and and um, and so he said he would go, but then he never went. And one said that he didn't want to go, and but then he ended up going. Out of the two, which did rightly, the one who would go, and so I truly believe that. Even if you completely botch it up, even if you completely just miss here and it's just a train wreck, God sees that and looks upon it with more favor, respect, appreciation, and, and tenderness and love than he does those who 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 refuse to go or sit and question it until the moment is gone and they never move at all so that's a kind of a rabbit trail but I feel like it's important to say and and it really kind of reinforces too the message that we heard today about obedience you know tied into the story of Jonah we take in so that we can outflow and I said before, here in this, between Jonah and Matthew and John, you can see that that Jesus has tied the old the Old Testament realities with the New Testament realities, and there's another out of Matthew four four. Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now, this is kind of a leap, but this is a, this is a connection that I, that I felt came out of these scriptures as well. Man shall not live by bread alone. Bread this is something you consume, you eat, it goes into the stomach. So there we are also with the literal physical word, the belly. So man shall not live by bread alone or by his belly alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's Matthew 4.4. 4. Now, keep that verse in mind. And remember, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. 
this Matthew 12, 34. Jesus says that as well. Okay. Man shall not live by his belly alone, but by every word, the word comes out of the mouth of God. Jesus says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. To those who thirst, let them come and drink, and out of their innermost being, rivers flow. So there's this place. There's this place of taking in, drinking in, but man shall not live by what they just consume alone, not just by bread alone, but by the word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So man lives not just by physical met needs, but by the word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And out of the abundance out of that which is stored in our heart, the mouth speaks. So we can, rea- we can realize, we can the, come to the reality of what is in our heart by what we are speaking. Now, re- keeping that in mind, we find eventually in the story that the fish vomits Jonah out. So God spoke to the fish, and he vomited out Jonah. (laughs) This is incredible. In the belly of the fish, so also the Son of Man in the heart of the earth. Okay? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Remember, synonymous, the parallel between the belly and the heart. Jesus, in the boat with the disciples, the storm was raging and they were sinking and they were feared for their life. And Jesus spoke to the waves and they calmed. He spoke the word to the waves And they calmed. What happened when Jonah was thrown overboard? He was cast into the sea. The waves, the storm ceased. What did Jesus do when he spoke from the boat with his disciples? He cast the word to the sea and it calmed. What was Jonah's mission? What was Jonah to do? He was to go to Nineveh and give the word of the Lord so that Nineveh could repent and be spared. Jonah carried the word. What happened when Jonah was thrown overboard into the sea? The waves subsided. The storms ceased. Jesus spoke the word to the sea. Out of the abundance of the heart, 
the mouth speaks. The fish out of his belly, out of his innermost being, vomits up or outflows Jonah, who is carrying the word of God. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, food enters in the mouth. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So, when food enters the mouth, it enters the belly. And if the belly parallels the heart, what the belly is full of, or we can say the heart, will come out of the mouth. And we see this evidently by the fish vomiting out Jonah. Now, I know that... He was, that the fish was there to save, to spare Jonah's life, and indeed he did. But there's another spiritual reality there, and what is in you is to come out. And what came out of that fish was the Word of God. See that connection? That's deeply profound and beautiful, majestic. It is so majestic. Out of that fish came the word of God. And a hundred, over 120,000 people's lives were spared because, as so eloquently put today, a word uh, sermon preached by, by Jonah, and it was, it, it, it was transformative. It was transformative. It brought about a revival and a regeneration to a people in a massive city, a whole city turned against their evil ways and followed the Lord. Anyways, um, I'm going to end it here um, so I don't butcher it, um, but I hope there's something there that hit you in the depths of your heart and revealed to you the intimate um, unending treasure that there is inside of Scripture, inside of Revelation, that God wants to share with each and every one of you. Um, to those who have yet to give their hearts over to Jesus, I say today is the day you have not stumbled here by accident. You have came here by the divine intervention, the hand of the Lord who is wooing you to Himself. If you would surrender your heart to Him, if you would submit your life to Jesus, if you would come under the leadership of his love for you and his guidance in your life and say, I am no longer my own, but I give you my, my everything, my all, then uh, today can be your redemption day. So I pray that um, that would be true. Um, if that is something that you do today, I would love, 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 to hear about it, please um, send me some information. Get in touch with me. Um, I'll put that in the detail notes. Um, but I would love to hear from you um, if that is the case. Um, thanks again for taking the time, and we'll see you next time. God bless.
Thanks for joining me. I hope this blessed your heart and you leave with something special. Let us press in to know Him more. Let us press in to know Him more. And He will find us in seeking. And seek us in finding. God bless you.